water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. Production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. The podcast about all things Avatar. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, those between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast by us, the novice leaders, is myself and Caleb. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Very happy to be discussing uh, Book 2, Chapter 17. Now, how do you say this one? Is it Lake Laogai? Lake Laogai. Although, yes, there you go. said it with like a Mandarin accent, it'd probably be uh, Laogai. Probably not. That was, that was probably terrible. <laughs> Yes, and this was written by the uh, our old buddy, Tim Hedrick. We've seen him many, many times in the past, and we've especially seen the director, Lauren McMullen. Oh, but yes, uh, I guess we'll we'll get the summary from you, sir, if you'd like to uh, perform it. Uh, but of course. As we begin the episode, the gang are still on the hunt for Appa and have been spreading the word through passing up flyers. The old Jedi returns again and tells them that they're forbidden from distributing any more flyers in the city. Enraged, Aang decides he's done putting up with the interference and takes to his disguise to blanket the streets with them. The recently brainwashed Jet comes to the group with a flyer saying he wants to help them find Appa. He takes them to a warehouse where... Bison was recently seen, and there a janitor tells them Appa was moved to an island near the South Pole. And despite this being a massive bit of backtracking, Aang makes it clear his priority is Appa. Jet offers to join the group on their journey, but Katara shoots him down. Shortly after this exchange, Smellerby and Longshot stumble across them and rush to meet Jet. They mention that he was arrested by the Dai Li for three days, but Jet denies it. Toph uses her lie detector bending abilities to determine that both parties are telling the truth. Tipping Sokka off to the brainwashing, Jet's undergone. They interrogate him and use the trauma of the Fire Nation attack on his village, Sheesh, uh, to uh, help him break uh, the conditioning on his mind. This works almost immediately, and he directs the group to the secret facility he was held in. But on the other side of the plot, some local businessmen come to everybody's favorite team maker, Uncle Iroh, and proposition him with the opportunity to run his own tea shop. And while Zuko steps out to avoid listening to his uncle's excitement, he discovers one of the falling flyers. And finding his purpose again, he returns to his few spirit alter ego and captures a Dali trooper in search of the bison. This man leads him to the same secret base and right to Appa's holding cell. Meanwhile, the combined forces of the Jet Jaguars and the Boomerang Squad explore the base looking for Appa. But they only catch a glimpse of a creepy G-U-D-I training seminar before they're quickly ambushed by the Dai Li. Jet's brainwashing is briefly reactivated by Long Fang, and he turns his hook swords on his friends. But Aang quickly breaks it once again, and Jet is wounded by Long Fang. Back with Zuko, it turns out Uncle Iroh was following him in his search and confronts him on what he plans to do with the bison now that he's captured him. Uh, he exposes Zuko's penchant for short-sighted misadventures when it comes to the Avatar and demands that he considers why he does the things he does and that Zuko confront what influences drive him. 
the boomerang sleeve Chet with his companions and quickly discover Appa's empty holding cell, uh, realizing that they were at a loss. They escape the base with empty hands, but when they once again get ambushed by the Dai Li, Appa sorts the rescue, violently dispatches our baddies, and finally reunited. The completed team avatar takes the skies once again. But as we come to the close, Iroh and Zuko emerge from the base, and Iroh uh, compliments Zuko for doing the right thing. And Zuko decides to finally abandon the Blue Spirit Mask and potentially embrace a new future as the titles and the end titles roll. Uh, do you want to do the timestamp a bit? Sure. Uh, so if those, I didn't even say this last time, but if uh, everybody could get their legally or illegally purchased uh, physical or digital versions of Avatar uh, ready at timestamp zero and please press play right now. So last episode, I mentioned I noticed another thing. I mean, people probably have noticed this already. Mm. Um, but again, it always it always irked me. Not irked me, but it was always out of the corner of my eye. Or just I noticed something like a, a color that I hadn't seen before. I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? And so I had to confirm it last episode. And I'm like, aha. So you saw me confirm it live <laughs> rather than like beforehand. So unless you're coming into this like completely now, which hello, welcome although we've already said mm. that um just randomly joining us for like whatever this episode is so if everybody goes to like about like oh oh 36 seconds i was always confused whenever ang does his uh air scooter bit um and i'm like there's something purple or very like light pinkish or magenta looking that's his tongue <laughs> i was like oh man they actually did do the gag. That's funny. That's kind of cool. That's a neat detail. But anyways, that's why you always like, you know, pause for frames. Uh, anyway, Whistler Sun. Yeah, and Whistler. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I was trying to I was trying to steal it from me that time again. Hey, you can always steal it. You can always try. It's fine. I <laughs> yeah, I remember I got it one of these times recently. That's because I was. So, it was uh, I think two episodes ago. It was um, uh, City of Walls and Secret because I was so mentally down on that one anyway it doesn't matter inside baseball oh well yeah here we are it's been uh i guess now we're finally cutting back to the modern times after our little bit of a delay there yep with uh, uh opus lost days and we open this episode with some some images of the beautiful air bison oppa uh, but these uh maybe i mean this is that dr movie that kind of animation on those uh, posters there or what is that that is i first off so look at the poster that, uh, or the flyers that they went to an artist to make, and mm. that's DR movie. Okay, like, well, okay, I don't know about that, but I'm just saying, like, somebody at DR movie made that poster, which is amazing. And I don't know what it says in Chinese there. I don't read Chinese, uh, or I don't know. I I only know that it's based off of like images and shapes. So I don't, but I don't know what those like you know that what what each like letter is. But anyway. Um, I do know that what you're talking about before, though, is then we open it on, like, from the house. We see, like, all these posts or pictures. It's Sokka's attempts at making them, but come on. Sokka's got an artistic style. And who knows, oh, man? It could be, like, the new thing. Like, maybe he's going to go, like, you know, all to the middle ring. I guess they are. Tech- oh, no, they're not in the middle ring. But they could go to the middle ring and, like, show it off as, like, look at this art. This is, like, you know, experimental, like, art. Like, I am an artist. I do like the sad Oppa face, but I want to apologize, DR movie. That, that was just a joke. I don't think that your art is that, <laughs> that uh, childlike. It was just a joke. 
One day you'll impress. <laughs> one day, one day, DR movie will impress Caleb. Oh wait, they already have. Oh, they have. Yes, many times before. That was just me being a, of course a mean brain. But is this uh, is this a DR movie uh, episode here? Because it sure looks like. Uh... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm. Also, also, I implore everybody in, and at least on this channel, uh, go watch Tokyo Godfathers. It's you know it's coming around to Christmas, and I think y'all should go watch it. It's a very good Christmas movie. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. A Christmas Christmas recommendation from your boys at the uh, Benny the Elements. There you go. <laughs> Better one than Die Hard. Uh, well, well, uh, people love Die Hard. Maybe me and you are the wrong. Uh... To each their own. Unpopular opinion. I'm just. I'm literally just trying to start a war. I'm. I'm literally just <laughs> trying to like. Ah, oh, it's a hot take. That was literally just to like, you know, get people fuming. <laughs> but I do like that Sokka. You know, he was thinking about it. He was putting his work into uh, to help the uh, the Appa cause. So, so there you go. Oh, totally. Like the guy. You know, he meant well. Like all his intentions was, and even you know, even top compliments on his um on, on his attempts like you know shows mm -hmm. appreciation like you know i think they look really nice as she says and Sokka's also just like oh thank you so much Toffet. why did you do that like why oh and we'll get some more blind jokes in this one this is the uh <laughs> yeah they sure do like focusing on that these these days in these episodes it's uh i don't yeah i don't i don't know if like is this politically correct <laughs> Yeah, let me mention this. This is I'm not usually the one to bring out these tangents, but um, I've been watching Pretty Little Liars for the past year or so with my my partner, and there's a character in it, this blind character, and it's made some hints that the Pretty Little Liars were unintentionally involved with blinding her, but throughout the whole show, she's kind of framed as a villain, and they make some pretty ugly. Like anytime she comes around, like they always focus on her little uh like her walking stick and they make it like this creepy thing. The pretty little liars are always making these mean blind jabs at her. And oh, I was like, wow, this feels offensive, man. Like they're going hardcore on this blind, uh, uh villainization. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's just funny to see the different ways that uh, they handle blindness in these, these programs over the years. I, w was the actor playing the blind person actually blind themselves? Oh, no, no, definitely oh, not. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and to be fair, it's one of those uh, instances where we see the character before they're blind during the show. And at the time, at times, uh, she has like surgery to try to fix her eyes, but then it turns out it lapses. So, so maybe in some ways they needed someone who could see, but I, I don't know if that was actually, I don't know. It's hard to know with that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I don't often go around and make autistic jokes personally. So even though I, if i have every right to but like i'm not yeah you're fair enough you're i'm not like tough where i'm just like oh yeah that's fair yeah i'm, I'm this i'm that i'm that i'm this i'm like i don't know how often i do that but maybe difference in in confidence level you know tough seems very much like she doesn't give a, a crap what anyone else thinks of her really Does not give a full-on rip about it and she's very well aware of her blindness and uses it to uh yeah for humor at times I, I guess to catch people of like, hey, I could, I could say this and you guys can't. Yeah, all the writers have feel free free handed to uh, do whatever they want with it, <laughs> and they're not blind. Um, but but anyway, we uh, yeah, we see that now that they've got their professionally designed, as you mentioned, op posters, Aang and Momo take to the skies to distribute them. 
And I do love the shot, the shot of uh, Momo with his little hands full of them. I think that's really cute. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, Aang's going to get charged with littering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Paper doesn't uh, biodegrade. Wait, I thought it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> I know. I know it does. <laughs> yeah, just wait for the rain to come, and then next, you know, that paper will just kind of wash away eventually. But um, but yeah, that was a pretty brief little little opening to the episode before we cut to the real lead character of this episode, Uncle Iroh, as the uh, we're learning about a new. A new business venture that he's going to be taking these couple of rich, rich folks in the city. They proposition him to open up his own tea shop, and yeah, that's really where we spend the bulk of the episode is, yeah, focusing on building his uh, his new business. So o two thirty four, there's a there's a lady in the background who is just not having it. Like she's, I hope she you know has the right tea and you know is satisfied by the tea, but she. Literally looks like she could go walk into our speakeasy and just like <laughs> take some take a load off. Vent. Well, you see, she's sitting with her her husband there, man, and he's saying, "Hmm, this tea's so good. Why don't you ever make tea like this for me at home?" Oh boy, and she's just looking over at Ira with bitterness, like, "Oh man, like he's you know." <laughs> her friend, friend, friend. There I want a divorce. <laughs> Been wanting to divorce this guy for thirty years or for uh, ten years. <laughs> See, for some folks, Iroh brings them joy. He just brought misery to her life that day. That's the, the real sad part. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, are you excited to see this new tea shop? I, I'm I'm pumped. I mean, I mean, it sounds. I don't know what this guy's getting out of it though. Like, oh, he's this is money laundering scheme. I think. Oh no. <laughs> or he'll, maybe he'll take a big overhead. I don't know. Does he have connections to the Dai Li? Oh, they're working around the Daily, these guys, yeah. I was wondering that, actually, when they first showed up. I was like, is this a Daily plot? Like, but, like, why would they be doing a Tyro? I don't know. Yeah, well... I was like, maybe they recognize him. I was gonna say, like, does Lung Fang know about Zuko and Iroh? And I don't know if we get an answer to that, so it's not really a spoiler. I'm just like, I don't know if we, we, we know this or not. Yeah, I definitely don't remember. But I do like, um... The guy who hired Iroh, he's like, oh, crap, like this. He's trying to steal my most like prized commodity for this place. My the most my MVP, really. And I felt bad for him when he had the, they outbid him. I thought that was sad. <laughs> yeah, I really do feel bad. And I, I don't know how Uncle Iroh would react. But no, he's like you said, he's kind of focusing kind of on himself in a way. So, yeah, which is fair. It's it's you know, it's that'll be a much better opportunity for him. So it's worthwhile to look out for yourself in that kind of case, you know. That's your future. Yep. So anyways, uh, as you know, occurs also, we don't know when, when Iroh gives, uh, his boss or former boss, um, the tea kettle, does the boss react to the tea kettle being put on his bare hands or the shock of, and, and realization that Iroh's leaving? Well, uh, let's not forget. We learned in, uh, the serpent's pass that, um, Bossing say it's actually uh, a bit of a delicacy, or at least a preferred uh, cold tea type of thing. So he's just going around giving cold tea to folks. Huh. Yeah, he's adapted to the the new modern ways of, of Bossing say. Okay, it does not look like the kettle's warm. Yeah, see my cold tea. I remember he at first he tried to warm it up, but then he realized. Oh, oh wait, no, 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 no! I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see some heat coming from one of the tea the tea uh, cups. 
Ah, crap. <laughs> yep. Just enough, just a smidge. But yeah, no, I know I could see some of it. So he never adapted to the the cold tea. Uh, maybe that's why his tea so popular. Actually, like, oh, why do we keep drinking it cold? This is some crap. Come on, let's be real here. Iced tea. Mm, that's what they yeah. like here. Iced tea. Or maybe that's what the water tribe likes. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but either way, uh, as he's excited about his new uh, business venture, uh, there's a little bit of a a, a sour. Uh, a grumpy Gus over in the corner. He's he's not happy. He's like, ah, oh, my uncle. He's always excited about something. I need to get out of here. I don't want to deal with that. Have that rubbing all over me. And that's old Mister Zuko. He, he he steps outside with some grumbles, and just happens to happens to be in the path of one of those those floating flyers. Yes. After uh, Zuko, you know, hears that Uncle is a lot of stuff is working well for Uncle, including you know his business partner or you know the guy who offers him this new idea um says like hey your life is about to change that's not subtle mm. um zuko's <laughs> going out to have a dart and uh, uh so he's having his dart there and what comes flying right out of the sky but uh well the spark the spark that reignites his passion for his uh well his quest mm. Yeah. Yeah, and we we see him, yeah, definitely thinking about something before we cut back to to our little group again. And I I like this game that that Katar and Sokka are playing. I was trying to figure out what that was. I was like, is this some sort of Yu-Gi-Oh game? They got their little little card uh, layout set up here. What's going on there? Thank you so much for saying that. Although, to be fair, no, no, no. Well, okay, hang on. Okay. Okay, hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. Well, first I like the fact that Zuko climbs the <laughs> he just randomly climbs a building. That's kind of funny, and just looks around. But fair enough. He's thinking to himself, obviously. But okay, so this is not Yu-Gi-Oh because I don't see the banished stone. See, where's the graveyard? Where's the car? Or where's your deck? Uh, where's the field spell zone? Uh, where's the pendulum uh, area? And that's it. Uh, I don't see it. Well, actually, no, that could be the pendulum zone. Why is the why is the deck where the pendulum zone is? What the flip? Um, it's uh, it's an early variant. An early variant. I technically see either an exceeds monster over there or um, union. I think. Could you wait? No, union is technically proto exceeds in a way. Uh, not not fully, obviously, but like. Anyway, anyways, uh, so it's, I just assumed it was solitaire. <laughs> Or like a version of Salter. It's probably a real thing. I don't know. Yeah, but but d- despite the game, uh, yeah, our old buddy Judy arrives again. She's uh, she's looking a little bit haggard though. She doesn't uh, that smile is like a little bit more strange. She's got the little little lines under her eyes, like she's not been sleeping. Well, yes, but it's Judy. Yeah, the original Judy. Yeah. Yeah, the first one we saw, or at least the one we were first introduced to, uh, mm-hmm. in the City of Walls and Secrets, not who was at the end of city of Vols and secrets. Yeah. Judy, uh, 1.3 um, <laughs> updated patch. <laughs> and they're all surprised too. Like, Oh, Judy, you know, we were so worried. We, we, we thought you were in jail. And she's like, what jail? What name? So, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's too bad. seems like maybe she has the old, uh, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say that actually. We haven't got to that plot yet. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, well, uh, yeah, she's basically come to just lay down some some more rules for them, and yeah, Aang's not too happy about that. Nope, not at all. Oh, I didn't realize that she said Lake. Uh, how, do you, how do you say it again? Crap, Lake Lao guy. Yeah, I didn't realize that she said that here uh, this early. A little bit of a, a setup for their little sneaky plans. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just dropping hints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I do feel bad for her in this scene. Like, she's trying hard, but they're all, like, at a standstill to her. Like, yeah, like, we don't... You seem off and wrong, and now you're coming here trying to order us around. Like, we're, we're really not putting the, putting up with you for this this time. Yeah, no, you can't tell us what to do. We're, we're wayfarers. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll break the rules. It's tough. <laughs> Does so and reveals a new part of the wall. <laughs> Or opens up the house a bit. And we need to decorate over there anyways. Yeah, and I did want to comment. Um, as we've seen, DR movie can sometimes lean a little bit more into traditional anime kind of stylistic flourishes every now and again. And we definitely get one here with uh, Aang. His, as he's yelling at Judy, his face becomes very red. His head gets huge. His eyes get all white. And his arms are flailing. I was like, this this choice, I don't know, it just feels a little bit out of place for this show, I think. Like, it feels very distinctly different than what we're used to, for the most part. Either that, or if you're a gamer, big head mode activated. <laughs> well, well you know, maybe they had that in, uh, uh, what's that game? Uh, whatever one I was playing, I don't remember. <laughs> the Bioshock? No, the, the Avatar one. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, was that part in this? Uh, was wait, was that was this episode in one of the parts? My <laughs> level, excuse me. No, I haven't gotten that far. I yeah, that'd be like midway through the game, I'm sure. For if it's following book two only. Yeah. So. Well, I'm pretty sure all those games were only following the book they were released it during. Yeah, exactly. But either way, I, I did think that was a curious animation choice. I'm not necessarily against it, but it just stood out to me. I thought. I, I, I found it funny. I was like, it was out of nowhere. I can agree with what you're saying, though. It's like, really, guys? Did you have to go into that? It's like, I mean, they're, again, they're, I mean, they're increasing the fact that it's, it's, it's really leading heavily into anime. I'm like, well, fair mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> yeah, and I like after they decide, okay, we're done following these rules. Let's go out and let's do our own thing or whatever we want to do. I like that we see up on the roofs again. There's those creepy old uh, Dai Li. Like, is that where they, really where they're stationed for their patrols? Just go up on that roof up there. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Talk about creepy. Onlookers on the roof. <laughs> Dialy on the roof. And then speaking of creepy, that's when we cut to a scene of poor, poor Judy. I mean, she's up for a little bit of a performance review. And yeah, Long Feng is not the guy you want delivering that performance review. He's uh, his creepy domain. And he's activating some little brainwashing... Uh, little tricks so trigger words yeah so it's yeah he's breaking out uh, what was the bucky ones again do you, do you remember <laughs> uh homecoming because everybody oh yeah latched onto that uh it was all i think it was steve of geek Evolution or somebody in that uh in that comment not commentary but that um spoiler cast that was saying that maybe it was rascal or dan that all the words are related to Bucky. I don't think it was intentional within the script. Not okay. So I think 
obviously the writers did that intentionally, but I don't know if those words were chosen when the, like, uh, when Hydra was choosing those words, I don't think they were intending to be, you know, they, they knew about his history. Does that make sense? Like on a script level, they put those in there to make ties to the character, but in like the story itself, it's not like, it's just random words. Hmm, I don't know. I, I thought it had something to do with like emotional triggers. No, it did. I'm just saying like all the, uh, maybe it did. I, I just thought all the words didn't have any meaning to them in the story. Um, but if you were a fan, you could understand what these words represent. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I got to go back and yeah, revisit it. Yeah. Maybe you're all right. Cause like the earth King would like to invite you to Lake Lago. I guess like we'll get to what that means, but like, yeah. No, I guess I guess you're right that maybe it did happen more. I have yeah, this, I so so do I. I have to go back and watch Civil War to understand that because they do show like it happening twice, I believe. Oh, but after we see Judy being uh, sufficiently reprogrammed and scolded, uh, we see these two creepy Daily guys that are like, because because Long Fang's talking about oh the Savitar is causing me lots of trouble. They're like, do you want us to take care of them? Like implying that they're gonna kill him. I was like, wow, that's it's, it's Daily man. Someone really needs to step in and take these take these guys down. Yeah, these are secret police, actually based off of secret police from uh, one of the Chinese kingdoms, I believe. But yeah, you know, these guys are taking names here, literally like the CIA, <laughs> like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Well, but then we cut back to the more domestic side of things. You know, the the center plot of of uh, Iroh laying up some plans and thinking about his new career. But old uh, old sourpuss. Uh, Zuko steps back in with his grumblings and yeah, they have a little bit of a blow up there. Yeah, no, as Uncle Iroh's packing, uh, getting ready to move to the upper ring, uh, <laughs> the old plot comes back and finds Zuko and is like dangles, you know, the keys in front of him. Yep, those Avatar keys. Yeah, and I, I think this is a good scene. I, I like this. Uh, I like that they've been pushing Zuko a bit more. You know, we got to see a little bit more of a human side of him the last time in uh, Tales of Bossing Say, and now he's confronted again with his more extremist desires. And at this point, you got to wonder if he's even really still trying to earn his father's place, or if it's just he's falling into his old routine because that's all he has. I think it's old routine, old habits. Like <laughs> mm. as every time we, uh, every time we're put on the spot, old habits will show up, and bad habits they are. Mm. um by the way i'm this was i didn't even realize this until now with the subtitles um uncle iroh was yeah he one of the things he was doing in the scene was he was muttering to himself like what the tea shop's name should be and i think i like jasmine <laughs> jade or was it jade or jade dragon or jasmine dragon jasmine i think either way one of, I, th I think that's a cool name jasmine dragon but um he called it the tea weevil i'm like <laughs> okay that is just unintentionally like i'm so glad I you made that Yu-Gi-Oh reference earlier because wow oh yes weevil yeah there you go i don't think i've ever heard of that like word be used outside of Yu-Gi-Oh. see that's what he did after he was per uh sufficiently chastened he was like well i gotta give up this or i, I can't do his ridiculous voice but i can't do this uh this dual monsters anymore. I got to open up a tea shop. That's what I got to do. And oh, I'm giving that tea shop like a 
zero out of five <laughs> or like one out of five stars. You know why? Because you threw all of Exodia into the ocean, you freaking goof. Hey, thank th- th- you got to thank him. You got to thank him. Yeah, I know the series would be different. I've seen videos. I understand it would be Oogie would be OP, but like, come on. Even still, you never do that to like, you know, another person's deck. Disrespectful, I tell you. Oh, I would want to visit that tea shop because I'm sure he'd be so smug about his teas. I've got the best teas there's ever been. And he'd be laughing all the time. I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, they're bud. They're all like insect themed. I tell you what, like each <laughs> every single tea is going to be like insect themed. And of course, he's going to have like this tea. I, I guarantee you he'll have this tea that is literally like perfectly ultimate great moth. Like it's it'll like you have to have it for like mm. 10 turns and it's you add so much stuff to it and like you need it to like it's a tea that requires to be like uh brewed for like 10 hours before you can actually have it yeah i was gonna say uh i was gonna say his premier tea is the moth dust tea (laughs) oh golly perfectly ultimate great tea that's what it'll be called (laughs) no but after uh yeah after that scene we cut back to to team a and they're still putting up their their office signs this is you know they really want to get their buddy back and this is the scene that we get another one of the another one of the uh, the blind jokes. Because Toph's just kind of sitting there and uh, and Sokka's like, OK, you're going to come along with me. We're going to split up. And she gets kind of mad, like I can I can do this on my own. You know, I don't need you holding my hand. But then when she puts the puts on the wall, it's it's backwards. And yeah, I thought that was a just the way she was hanging her head and asked them. It's upside down, isn't it? I felt kind of bad for her there. Yeah, yeah. So did I, especially uh, the performance there by Jesse. I was like, that was a good line, uh, especially the timing as well. Timing is also everything on it because yes. it's too quick, then it wouldn't be as funny. It wouldn't hit as hard. And if it was too slow, it's like, okay, you kind of missed your opportunity there. So <laughs> always a good good job on like you know the timing of that editors. Um, oh my goodness! And, oh, about that. Sorry. But, yeah. uh, if you're anywhere near uh, eight thirteen. It's the shot right after Jet arrives and Katara looks at him with kind of like an oh kind of expression. If you look at the uh, the poster right behind her head, that Aang that's there almost looks like like a 3D model Aang. And it looks like the one that's in the video game that I was playing. Oh, <laughs> very yeah. Similar. Yeah, I sort of see what you're talking about, even though it's not. Yeah, it just um. kind of looks like that. It's It's kind of odd. But like his sad little expression, like, oh, where's my oppa? Yeah. <laughs> or just him going to get his driver's license photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Smile in front of the camera. You're doing a mugshot. <laughs> you're going to jail. Uh, I love the fact that in the previous scene, by the way, that Momo was just literally like hanging out. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of just kind of cool where they put him in place. And for some reason, I don't know why, but whoever the colorist was on this, mm. good job on Toff's like outfit. The green is so poignant. I don't. I don't know why. But yeah. The green pops out there. Some of the like the other three, their their clothes kind of like I've seen them more poignant. But like hers just stand out way too well. I'm just like, wow, that's some nice green. Yeah, I think there's some really good color work throughout. Um, I still think some of the animation choices just for the character designs just I don't know. It just looks a little bit off, and it always stands out to me whenever they they look like this. I guess whenever DR movie does it. Well, hang on. Bitter work. The drill. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, but there's still lots of great animation. I just think some of the character designs are a little weird. Yeah. Um, but I even like when she spins around and slaps it on the wall. I like the way that the smear of the glue is. I, I think all that stuff looks cool. That was amazingly choreographed and or um, directed. Yeah. Just, and again, the timing of like her quickly grabbing uh, the glue and smearing it on the wall and then like just, again, yanking the uh poster and like placing it on the wall quickly that was like a demonstration to people of like how animation is made in like ones and twos where it's either like one frame per second or two frames per second so one frame per second is where you could get like the 24 frames per second um so you'll see like the smooth animation whereas like two frames per second is the like i'm not gonna say easier but it saves a lot more time uh, so it's two frames for every second or whatever it is. So I got that wrong. Sorry. Uh, but basically it's more quick. Uh, and that's that that works perfectly. I think that was like two frames per second. Uh, or yeah, the two, excuse me, where you don't see a fully like flowing, like you see your hand going through, maybe dough, but like you don't see it like go uh, smoothly. It's just like maybe your hands in one place, middle and then end motion. But it still works, if that makes sense. Yeah. I have a weird thing in uh, at like 08, zero, so eight minutes. Um, this is so weird, but the, I guess, sky angle shot or whatever you call it, the bird's eye view, but looking down at Katara, like we see the, like we see a really good example or we see the little like, you know, suburb area. It reminds me of the beginning of, not the very beginning, but kind of, partial beginning of uh pat labor the movie i don't know why maybe it's just the again the style of the buildings and the fact that they're also in that beginning part they're also in like a densely packed area but yeah this just reminded me and especially there's a river as well i'm like once once i show you pat labor the movie you'll obviously forget about this but like you'd be like <laughs> yeah. okay i sort of see it so it's like just similar it's just kind of funny that i realizes that now anyways continuing on so you have katara goes to this like i guess watering hole or whatever where they get their water from because i assume they don't have like indoor plumbing and putting it up and whatnot and all of a sudden like somebody calls to her she's like who the heck is that it's jet i thought you got brainwashed buddy what the heck <laughs> do you still have zuko who <laughs> hey we'll get to all that stuff yeah, but do you have any any comments on this interaction here? As uh, we see Katara, still pretty pretty bitter, worked, as it were. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> um, no, her response is accurate. Her response is exactly how she would react. Yeah. And then go to eight sixteen, and like maybe seventeen and eighteen as well. That's kind of funny. Yeah, just like his weird stance with his arms out. He just he's just frozen in place. Yeah. Like he's waiting for his mark. He's like, Tara, no, I've changed. Yeah, I, I was looking at that. I was like, that's weird. Dunk. But I do like her uh pulling up the water from the fountain. I think all that looks cool. Oh yeah. And her little assault on him. No, she like pulls it all and just like uh underworld have no hath no fury like a woman scored. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh I think they do a good job here. Like whoever's I, I can't remember the Jet actor's name, but I think he does a good job playing it just a little off. Like Jet just seems a little like not like his usual cocky self. He seems a little bit more um, like played down or something. 
or sedated. Or, you know, having his brain remapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Personality change. Wonder how that occurred. Um, but even though Katara uh, is, is reasonably mistrustful towards him, uh, they manage to sway him, or they, he manages to sway the rest of the gang pretty quickly once he mentions that he might have some information on Appa. Oh, wow. That's another weird shot at 9.14 uh, or 9.15. Oh, I'm like two se- three seconds away from that. Yeah, another weird bit of character design look. Uh, like him about to blink or no, it was just like his, uh, just something about his face there. It was a nine fifteen. Okay. I, but anyway, would... <laughs> maybe that's nitpicking. Um, but I will say there, there are a number of things in this episode that I feel like they happen a little bit weirdly quickly. And I feel like this is one of them. I mean, their last exchange with jet, uh, was, did not go well. And even though Katara could use her little little lie detector bending wait katara it's still kind of like uh sorry toff use her lie detector bending it's still a little bit like yeah i wouldn't be so quick to trust this guy i mean um well i think okay one yeah what the heck is Sokka doing like shouldn't Sokka also be for yeah wait yeah. a minute wait a minute yeah no I, I i knew like i gave them too easy but i'm like wait a minute go back and think about jet he was gonna drown an entire village mm-hmm and in fact, he kind of did actually. Now that I think about it, but like obviously, Sokka was the one that saved them all. Like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not gonna say easily forget, especially especially when when Aang says at the end. That's also uh, we're we're gonna get to that. But like, what the heck, Tim Hendrick? What the what the heck? I I disagree with. I I reject your statement. I reject your hypothesis. <laughs> um, there. I'm not saying there's bad boiling blood between these two groups. But like, there Pretty definitely bad. should be a mistrust here. Like, yeah. they can absolutely put their faith in Suki when they see her again, like when they saw her again, right? But Jet is like, he's bad news, man. As Michaela was saying, like he is, like not bad news, but like you know, he wanted to, you know, defeat the Fire Nation at the cost of drowning Earth Kingdom citizens. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but as we move on to the next scene, uh where they go to the place that Jet said this is where he saw Appa. They don't really find much evidence, but there is this this old janitor there who's like, oh yeah, I remember some big weird beast being here, and uh, yeah, they took him off to uh, this this other village far away over in the, the South Pole. I was kind of like, eh, I feel like they should be suspicious of this too. Like There just happens to be this janitor there backing up his story. Like, I don't know, They we saw that Jet was fairly manipulative. I wouldn't be surprised if he could uh, pay this old man to uh, give him this story. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think. Oh, golly, there comes that. Um, I, I and you mentioned it earlier. I will just say I believe maybe I mentioned this way earlier, um, like when Ron Toff was when Toff was uh, introduced. But she with her with her um, seismic sense, uh, the writers have kind of um what does it stretch the idea that because she can sense vibrations now i don't know how finely like pinpoint we can say vibrations because there's a lot of like like can she feel gravitational waves well she's daredevil um well sort of because she can't see through the air she can only see through like you know the ground but sorry that's besides the point um because they're doing the old like polygraph idea that because you know um those 
who have the polygraph on them. Uh, the polygraph detects various things whenever you lie, air quotes, specifically like, you know, change of heartbeat. And if you have like if your sweat glands start to activate, it's polygraphs aren't like 100% accurate, though. Pretty sure everybody knows that by this point or not. But like, yeah, they're not fully like they're not always telling the truth, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's still based off of very like because some people can like, you know, fake lying or yeah, lie and they w- they don't have like changes to their heart rate. So I, I, I'm, I'm still giving it to them, but I'm just like, yeah, it's not always the right thing, though. They're not. It's a little like you can sort of see like them extending it out a little more, but I'm just like, I'll give it for now. I'll, I'll give it a pass. Yeah, I definitely have more complaints in this episode than than that bit. Um, but as they they learn about this supposed relocation to Whale Tail Island, I do like that Aang is very quickly like, okay, <laughs> like if, if that's where Appa is, we're going. Like even though it took them this long to get there, and they say it'll take weeks to get back to the other place, or to get to get to Whale Tail Island, he's still like, okay, that's that's just what we're doing. Like they're going to Appa this time. Like how are they going to get there? They want to take a boat? Yeah, it sounds like you know they're literally going off the beaten path for this. Like what's going on here? Yeah. Basically give up his mission. It's, I mean, that's, that's a huge part of his time, but I guess with Oppa, they could just fly back relatively quickly once they have him. But okay. Now, before we go on, here's another like piece to add to the fuel of the, for your fire on this episode, 1019. <laughs> yeah. What is Aang's expression there? Why is he leaned over? Why is his arms just hanging? Katara's fine. What is that? Toph <laughs> is just there, but what happened to Sokka's eye? What's wrong with his right eye? <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I can't say that. That's, that's yeah, awful. no, that's yeah. Let's stay away from that. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of coincidences and like meandering around here like okay it's not a okay so if you're treating this as a mystery that's totally fine like you're you're trying to look for clues um you know they're going with leads and what jet was uh what, what jet was talking about so i got them trying to do a plot here like a mystery plot i don't know if it's obviously working for you but yeah i don't know what the difference between like meandering and actually like looking for clues is uh <laughs> what the difference is. Oh, but to end this little scene here, I did like that because uh, Katara and Jet obviously have a pretty heated dynamic. I like that Toph picked up on it. It's like, what is he, your, your boyfriend or something? And Katara's like, no. But then that old uh, seismic lie detector uh, ability, that sure comes in handy for this episode. And she uh, she has her suspicions there. I can tell you're lying. <laughs> yeah, another good delivery. I wonder if this, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wonder if this old man is related to that old man all the way back in, uh, Return to Omashu. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just saw them saying that they're going to take the train, then walk all the way to the, the South Pole. Like what? They're going to have to, I think he said they're going to get a boat or get a ferry of some sort. Cause you know, there's no way they would be able to go all the way there. Um, just by yeah. walking unless Katara and, <laughs> Yeah, and continually make like ice, uh, icebergs or ice platforms. Sorry, um, 
or just water ski, I guess, but more making water or ice platforms for both Toph and Sokka. Anyways, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. it'll be like the Incredibles uh, after Elastigirl and Violet and Dash land in the water from the airplane crash. And she forms herself into like a little raft and dashes the motorboat. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but beside beside the the uh, travel bit, uh, yeah, it's right after that scene there where we finally, uh, as they're walking, I guess even though Jet uh, Katara made it pretty clear that she does not want him to come along, he's still just tagging along until they finally leave. Because the plot said so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because why not? Like, hey, I want to help you guys. Again, what's going on here? Like, this seems a little out of character for these guys. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as Smeller B and Longshot show up, they can kind of tell right away too. They're like, "Hey, you're in prison. Like, are you all right?" And he's acting pretty weird. Oh, what the actual heck? Oh, sorry, I'm at eleven forty-three. Smeller B's like not rendered in properly. They forgot to not for okay. I'm not gonna say forgot to, but like, what the heck? She's like literally like the the classic funny like she's peering out out of the other side of the, or she's peering from the pole. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I could see her leg. That's fine. I don't know if I can see her butt or not, but like her whole back's not there. Like What the heck? Yeah. I'm looking at that right now. That is weird. Like I could do any better. Oh yeah. Fair enough. I can't, but I'm like, what is going on there? Yeah. But I, I think this is a, a good scene. Um, and I think that the way that they figure out that the fact that he's been brainwashed, feels natural enough i think it i think it plays well enough <laughs> yeah do you think the the conclusion or at least them getting to uh that re- realization doesn't come out of, like of left field no especially because it's, it's Sokka. since Sokka's uh, super suspicious and also because they they seem aware that you know judy she's was taken away to jail and then when she came back she seemed a little bit her brain was a little bit foggy too so maybe they just saw the signs. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, I agree with you on that. That uh, it's all because of Ju- by having Judy there, um, it it makes them perk uh, perk up to the fact that something's amiss with Jet. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they they should have had like you know the gang being like, heck, Toph could just ask like, hey, what's your problem with these this guy? Like, obviously we had the was this guy your boyfriend, which is awesome like which is perfect but like they still could like she could have been pressing like so what like what's what's your beef like what's your deal with with jet like where's this beef coming from like originating from and they could use it as, it's a good excuse to say like here's what happened uh briefly obviously you can make it comedic but whatever again that's rewriting sorry <laughs> yeah and stepping past uh yeah, i guess we'll cut back to see what happens that later but first we have to get a, a pretty cool scene with this Daily officer or trooper just wandering the streets and encounters a masked vigilante, the blue spirit. Um, yeah, and I was happy to see him return. Sure. Okay. Anyway, so, but back to the scene, um, <laughs> Come on. they, well, first top discerns that with like, you know, her seismic lie detection that both smeller B and jet are telling the truth. So it's just like, what the heck's going on there? And also a little bit further back, but I love when Toph, uh, loudly rejoiced uh worst city ever uh as bossing say yeah i thought that was okay that's sorry funny okay and then they um and then everybody just proceeds to like creepily like walk towards jet and i'm just like why didn't ang just like grab him by the neck with his staff and start choking him 
Maybe that would have been too violent. Yeah, violent. Now, as for, you know, the styly patrolling the street, uh, it is a vigilante, but it's only because, you know, um, the blue spirit bumps into him. In fact, not even bumps into him, like just charges through him. <laughs> so he's like, lawbreaker, I'm coming after you. Well, I assume Zuko was out on the, the hunt for, for someone. Somebody, yes, but even still, he's, you know, luring this guy, and the Daily kills him. Ah. Uh, <laughs> like, takes his head off, right? Well, well, yeah, takes the head off this, uh, what do you call him? Uh... Scarecrow, psych! Behind you the whole time, with an actual sword to your throat now. Oh, there was something I was watching, and they were using Scarecrows, and they had a, a funny name for him. I wish I could remember what it was. Oh, it was that Weird Al movie, I think. Oh, interesting. But, but anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, hey boy, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> hey boy, there you go. Um, but yeah, basically Zuko, you know, and forces the Daily to talk and you know get information he wants. Yep. And we'll and we we uh, kind of juxtapose that in some way to another interrogation scene as we see poor Jet. He's been surrounded by everybody and. They're all trying to be like, okay, like it seemed, you know, we know that he's brainwashed. We established that. How are we going to break this brainwashing? And Sokka tries a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of familiarity with pulling out some, some hay or some straw from the mattress and that doesn't work. And yes, yeah, Smellerby is the one to come up with the idea of using his, his trauma associated to the firebenders to reignite it. No. So I guess that's all his character is the, the abuse he suffered at the, the firebenders. So. <laughs> Now, hold on a second there, but I'm going to stop you right there because there was another suggestion, though. They did they did think of another idea of, like, how to rejog his memory. And that was Sokka saying, like, hey, Katara, you should kiss him. Um, for, you know, what, what happened, you know, back in, you know, episode 10, or in book one. And then Katara's like, maybe you should kiss him. That was a bad idea. And then Aang under his breath's like, a bad one. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, there we go. Nice. I prefer. I I, I accept this. I like that. <laughs> oh, no. Just because, like, the the writers haven't forgotten that Ing has the hots for Katara. Now, what would you think of the uh, the flashback that we get of the the fire, uh, firebender who d- did the destruction? So, like, do you think that was a bit of setup, or? So yeah, you're you're just um, basically saying like by this point, uh, Jet's a stereotype, right? Like all, all he's like here for is just like, yeah, my fi- the firebenders they burned down my village. Well, I, I just think it's yeah funny that that's, in some ways, his only character trait is yeah his that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of those firebenders. Pretty much. Now we do the firebender that did it uh, was in fact we've seen the face before. It was uh, Mong Ki, uh, the leader of the Rough Rhinos. Oh, okay. Yes, there you go. Mm. So another face, another face. Very nice, guys. Um, although I was listening to the commentary uh, from by Kanitsko, uh, Tim Hendrick, the writer of this episode, and uh, Di Martino, and they said that the fire, or the rough rhinos, sorry, the rough rhinos, uh, are the even though they're freelancers, they um, go ahead of the fire nation. And, or the yeah the army and like burn down uh like burn down the villages i'm like i thought that's what the foot soldiers were for <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they used to be a part of the army but maybe that was during when they were 
there. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, so yeah, it's just nice to give some, you know, return this character again uh, for the third time, I believe. Yes. Oh, but after uh, we see the uh, the brainwashing spell kind of broken, we get a weird flash where he sees Long Fang out over this this strange looking water. And that's kind of the signal. He, he, underneath the water, he sees the base, and that's how he knows where to uh, where to go to take them to find it. Well, that and the floor starts breaking apart into a you know lakeside, and Long Fang's walking on water, and then yeah, these catacombs or these caverns underneath a le- a, wa- a a body of water. Yeah, take us uh, take us wherever we we got to go next. Sokka, he says watcher, and then Sokka's like, Lake Cloud Guy. Wait a minute, Judy mentioned something about Lake Cloud Guy, and so they go there. Mm-hmm. They arrive at the beach, she just kind of stamps on it. I guess she can use her seismic sense to detect the, the opening. And it raises up out of the water, and yeah, things are moving pretty quick at this point. I feel like the brainwashing moved pretty quick. Yeah, it makes sense that she'd be able to find this here, but it, it also struck me as a little bit quick that they... Just knew where to go with this Lake Loud guy. They were like, okay, we let's pull out our map. Let's head over there. And so much for a secret base. It seems like any earthbender could uh, detect the opening to it. Well, I well, one with seismic sense. Not everybody has the seismic sense, though. Uh, or else everybody would have it. But um, what do you call it? Uh, did you know that... Uh, maybe, did I say this? Uh, but in, in, I think, either Mandarin... Or Cantonese, uh, Lao Guy means prison. Mm. So if you, unfortunately, like in A New Hope, if anybody knows German, uh, they'll know that Vader means father. Oh. So even though the idea that was never that didn't come up that wasn't come up with until like seventy nine or whatever of like Darth Vader being Luke's father in 77, they could have just been like, Oh, Darth Vader's Luke's father. <laughs> Some <laughs> random German person would be like, I bet Darth Vader's Luke's father. And then like 1980 rolls around. It's like, aha, I was right. They would not even realize that like Lucas made that decision later on, but um, after the fact, which is funny, but anyways, yeah. So if you're a speaker of Mandarin or Chinese, Cantonese, I apologize. I don't remember which one it is. Um, yeah. You'd just be like, Oh, that's on the nose. Yeah, and speaking of a uh, speaking of a prison, as the group wanders in, they they hear this creepy little little what would you call this little cult uh, training brainwashing session group session. Uh, yeah, group session, a um, a mantra, if if so to will. Yes, yeah, so they're teaching all the the various Judies how to perform their. Uh... Yeah, it's a creepy little scene. The way they they shot it with the like the shadows under their their eyes i thought i thought that was pretty cool and creepy yeah there's there's a little fish islands there that kind of reminds me a bit of ghost in the shell it's it's great gets the point across of like how creepy it is and what they're doing yeah and again things just move a little weirdly quick here where like did there was no way that jet would have seen oppa being imprisoned but he just leads them right to the cell or at least, oh, I guess I guess he doesn't lead them right to the cell, but he thinks he's leading them to the cell. Yeah. Oh, but I guess that's, I guess, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, they never really did break his brainwashing. This was all part of the Daily plan. So. I was going to get to that, but yes, no. You can, you can say, like, this is lazy writing, 
but they did kind of cover their bases by by indeed saying that Jet was still brainwashed. And so like he basically is as as Katara says later on, or uh, whoever it was, uh the old man was in on it. So it was all like because remember Long yeah. Fang, we see that uh show or we see that scene of Long Fang in his little like, you know, chamber and being like, I got a plan. So as ridiculous as it was <laughs> you could almost say like this is like dumb joker-esque uh like in the dark night of i needed to be captured uh and he has like this whole master plan of like wait so did he know that katara has healing and that the healing would trigger these emotions and would kind of like free him of this brainwashing um no, maybe maybe his original plan was to send them off to the south pole in this this wild goose chase and it was um, by luck or bad luck that Smeller B and, and Longshot happened to find them. But this was their backup plan. So maybe maybe Jet had to clue them in somehow beforehand, send off like a little like a little letter. Like went to a brainwashed rat and gave the, the rat a, a letter and he carried it over to Longfang. Or, you know, a Dai Li was listening uh, nearby <laughs> on a roof. Yeah. Watching that whole exchange. Yeah. Dai Li on the roof. <laughs> So yeah, that so they kind of Hendrick kind of Hendricks kind of has well, and there's plenty of the writers as well, but like Hendricks kind of has his bases covered in that like you could just say like that was what Long Fang's plan was, where he was just going to use like a brainwashed jet. Maybe he did intend for them to like end up here. I, I have no idea, because then it would just be like, well, we're just going to wait down. What if they never came? Like, what if they actually did go to Whale Longtail or Whale Tail Island, like? Oh, we're just waiting here for like a three days or something like that, and they haven't shown up. Well, you know, maybe Long Feng actually does live down here, and that's why he was at that portal for for Appa. He just went up there. Didn't didn't you say last episode that he lives in one of the towers when Appa was coming down? Like the first, like remember when he was coming to the city? You were like, oh, maybe Long Feng lives there. That's how we saw Appa. Yeah, but maybe maybe the the Daily sent him a signal, and then he came up, just did that ground flippy thing, except then he went up. And then brought up it down to his domain, this creepy little underground area. Maybe this is where he's living. Fair enough. I don't know. They <laughs> they haven't shown us his house, but but either way, just to get back to the episode, uh, we do see Appa's cage, and the door opens up, and Jet walks. Oh wait, that's not Jet. That's that's Zuko walking in. The blue spirit. The blue Zuko spirit. Psych. You thought it was the gang and uh, whatever. Oh, the jet, yeah, you thought it was the Jet Jaguars and the Boomerang Squad, but nope, it was this blue spirit all along. Dang, we're getting yeah. a lot of mileage out of that uh, Vince McMahon clip. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, but we only see that scene very briefly before we cut back to... To shock the audience. <laughs> yeah, the aforementioned... Uh... Oh my god, that was creepy. We see the Daily are like bats. They're just like hanging up there. Like, that's kind of weird. They're like Batman and Arkham asylum city or origins or nights where he's on a gargoyle and he's waiting to like do an inverted takedown on on the mook <laughs> yeah i'm assuming you have something to say about all this this action here i don't really have too much to say but... action 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 and kinetic flow yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i love the f- fact that the daily we saw this with zuko before where they can actually like uh remotely close the fists of their mm. rock gloves that's really cool we also mm-hmm. see rock shoes um very kinetic and whatnot like i said um as the commentators were talking they were saying that it was kind of 
hard to do like a group scene uh, of them all fighting. And yeah, I mean, it's no different than Dark Knight Rises where you can tell that the extras are just waiting to, you know, be on their mark. (laughs) Um, And so it's the same thing here where you'll see like some of them just be static in the background. So you need those quick shots because you can literally see it like between 16... 39 and 40 i know it's like or 41 it's brief but you can see like long shot holding his bow steady when he really should just be like flinging arrows at these guys um but yeah no i just you know what what toff does is pretty cool um or she like creates pillars and then like use creates more pillars and what, what yeah whatever it's pretty cool and the daily like running up walls is also cool with the rock shoes mm-hmm. yeah it's a cool scene but as we uh, move past it, it kind of turns into like a video game for a minute there. The cutscene, they run into a room and then the boss shuts the door behind them. Yep. Oh, man, that flow with uh, with Jet with his hook swords, that was really cool. When he blocked those rock gloves, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have anything more to say about the action, yeah, I'll leave you to it because I don't have much to say. <laughs> uh, no, that's it. We get into the other room and then Long Thing starts making demands. Like, if you ever want to see your bison again, leave now. And, uh, yeah. And then both, uh, Aang's like, so you do have him. Uh, and Long Fang says the immortal words, the Earth King has requested you to be, uh, has invited you to Lake Laogai. And Susie is like, psych! <laughs> Swings the swords at, the hook swords at Aang. So he was, like, up to no good all along. <laughs> yeah, that was well done. Then that's where the whole, like, um the plan kind of came to where it's just like, okay, so jet was kind of like unsuspectingly leading them this whole time. And it was a nice setup earlier with, uh, with Judy seeing that trigger word, a trigger phrase, I should say. Yep. And yeah, that was a good, good little twist there. But yeah, we've, before we see any more action there, we have to cut back to the old blue spirit. Of course. As he's just kind of standing around. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wonder what happened to that. Um, I wonder what happened to that Dali agent if he tied him up or something. Because, I mean, wouldn't the Dali agent just go to, uh, you know, Long Fang or just you know the other Dali and be like, "Hey, this guy's this guy kidnapped me. I'm gonna beat him up." Well, they are at a they are under a lake, and now that Dali officer is under the lake, he's uh he's sleeping with the fishes, as it were. Oh golly! Oh no! <laughs> Saka, you burned him alive and fed his. <laughs> put his ashes to the fish would make fish food oh my <laughs> oh zuko sorry <laughs> oh because he said Sokka. oh yeah sorry zuko why <laughs> oh but yeah then we get this what i think is a probably the standout scene of the episode the best yeah bit of this episode is this interaction between uncle iroh and 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 zuko as he he snuck he he was stalking him in the in the shadows and confronts him Oh, and by the way, first time and or the final reveal, not even final reveal, but like you finally know. Well, okay. Uncle Iroh knows that Zuko is the blue spirit, but it's finally revealed between like, you know, two of them. Hmm. Um, so just, that's important. And yeah, Uncle Iroh conveniently followed Zuko down here, which makes sense though. He did. Yeah. This at least is fine because Zuko showed him the flyer. So he's like, oh, <laughs> looks like that spark came back. <laughs> And he asks him, like, what do you plan to do with Appa now that you've found him? Like, I mean, I mean, really, what would he do with him? It's a pretty good question. And 
it's pretty telling that Zuko hasn't even really considered it. <laughs> and then, you know, I kind of, I kind of spoiled everybody in a way back in uh, whatever episode 20, I forget. I actually forget what episode 20 was. Um, but episode 20 in book one, when Zuko got uh, Aang and he went out to the tundra and I questioned like, Zuko, what are you doing? And it's, it's here where I kind of, you know, kind of stole all this from with uncle Iroh, where he just <laughs> gives a Mako just gives a wonderful performance here. Yes. Like absolutely yeah. top notch of just like yelling at Zuko with passion. I don't know so much anger, but just like with passion of just like, what are you doing? Like you don't think these things through you can't, mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna succeed at your your goals, you just it's an impossible task. You are literally like Icarus. You're gonna burn up in the sun, or as you go closer to the sun. Excuse me. Like you can't do this. I just I love his, I love his uh, speech. It's great. Yeah, and one of the the really cool parts of it is it comes from, just his desire to not see Zuko like self destruct. Exactly. He mentions like if you if you hadn't uh, if the Avatar's friends hadn't come and basically rescued rescue you from that tundra, you would have died out there. And like, what would you have done now? Like, you come to get this guy with no hope of really getting him out. I mean, this is just a a way for the Dali to capture you, and like that's implied. At least he doesn't actually say that part. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. What enough. are you gonna do with him? So, not to mention yeah. this would completely blow their cover. If he just brings up a home, like, oh, uncle, let's, uh, you have a couple like blankets we can throw over him. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a like oversized, uh, flower pot that we can put him in? <laughs> Cardboard box, all your tea kettles. Man, if only they had the, uh, was it, was it the, which, which was it? Was it the cupcake, the muffin, uh, the cupcake muffin or, uh, the, whatever was in the tea cup in Alice in Wonderland that made her shrink. Oh, was it a cookie or I can't remember something like that. It was either like a pastry or biscuit or it was a tea glass, but actually wasn't there a vial. I don't remember, but anyway, that's they just yeah. need that for, mm. for uh, up right now. So they can like fit them in a, in a flower pot. Yeah. The drink or, me. Yeah. There was the drink and then the, the like piece of cookie or whatever made her bigger, but sorry. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but um, I do like the, the end of it where he's like, because because Zuko defends himself like I know my own destiny and he's like is it your destiny or is it the destiny that someone's forced on you I think that's really a really there telling yeah, moment there this is this is yeah I know especially like you know you have to look inward and ask who are you what do you want like two seasons at this point and we finally like got it we finally like get that moment of just like somebody finally like confronting Zuko on his nonsense of like, do you, do you really want to uh, get back in touch with your father? Do you really want your father's good graces? Is that really mean anything to you? It's great. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It was well built up very well executed between the two performers and even the animation I think is really good during that scene. And oh yeah, no, I gotta give like full credit to Dante Bosco. He does and uh, he, like gives a lot of good emotions here. Yeah, of of being very unsure of himself in a way, uh, and and wanting to yell at his uncle, but he just can't because he's like he's right. 
Mm-hmm. It's the it's the worst thing is that his uncle is right. He's like, I hate this so much. The fact that you are correct. Um, yeah, and and even though people might say, ah, oh, just why did it take so long for this to happen? It's like, yeah, fair enough. There might have been a little meandering there, and they had to like basically like wait and wait for the gear. Like you know, that's why we need a jet here. But at least mm. they found use for jet with with him. So I know I said that before the jet is jet is useless but like hmm. you know it, it, it's at least nice that they paired him with zuko at least just to give zuko something to do um, yeah and you know it's, it's nice to have that that lgbt representation yes certainly <laughs> that was it was nice that they went with that angle uh well and, <laughs> yeah back in 2006 on american television for a like you know a cart a major kids cartoon network <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe this joke has gone too far. I don't know. I don't know what joke you're talking about. <laughs> but anyways, in a fit of frustration and it makes sense, he just I'm glad he doesn't use fire and burns things, but like or he oh, like ignites something. He just like I'm glad he just throws his broadswords and uh the blue spirit mask down. Uh which by the way, a cool thing from Kanitsko is that uh the blue spirit mask was based off of a uh, Chinese opera mask, uh, usually depicted by uh, wizards. Oh, or usually depicting wizards. Excuse me. Very cool. Very cool idea. No, but uh, we cut away from that scene and we get, yeah, kind of the big, the big showdown with Brainwash Jet versus Aang. Um, and I think the animation in this scene is also quite well done. Yep. But I think again, and this time it actually does apply since it wasn't part of the plan. How about the brainwashing angle? I mean, it seems like the Dali really need to to improve their techniques because it's quite easy to to subvert. It seems like what is Ang? Ang basically just says, "Look inside your heart." You know, this isn't you. And that's basically enough to break it. <laughs> here's okay. Here's where I'm like. Here's where I get a little annoyed. Where like just just by Ang saying, "I'm your friend," I'm like, "No," like yeah, yeah, no, you're not, no. <laughs> No, you had ze- almost zero interaction with like I remember he was like, "So you're the Avatar, cool." <laughs> I remember that from <laughs> Jet, but like, I don't know, man. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's it's a shame that it that this bit that rings so false came after such a great moment. It's it makes this it look worse. Should have been Smellerby and Longshot. What the heck? Definitely would have made it better if they were like there. they were doing nothing in the other room. Why wasn't it those two? That would have made it way better because Smellerby, even though she was the voice of reason, she was still like by his side and literally trying to like a pleading to him to like you know not go down this path of exposing Zuko and Iroh as firebenders. You know, she didn't know that, of course, but like still just to turn over a new start a new life. It should have been her and Longshot. You could have had Longshot talk there, but missed opportunity. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize for projecting uh, and rewriting, but it should have been that, personally. But we see, we, we do a, we do a nice little flashback to Jet. Um, nice animation, by the way. And the montage of images is great. I love that. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> I guess so. I just, I, I, I like that. It's, it's, it was kind of cool. Um, but Jet snaps out of it and then throws his brought one of his hook swords at uh, Long Fang, and Long Fang 
shifts his head over and then directs uh shoots a blast of earth at him and kills jet well kills that's a little uh a little premature i would say for uh what we see here but ang certainly certainly is horrified and Ang causes internal damage <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah that basically ends the fight too long things like okay that tool didn't really work. I basically dispatched that tool. I guess I'll just leave Aang alone. Pretty much. I thought that was weird too. Like, there's some weird writing leaps in this episode that I just don't really understand. Oh, just you wait. But uh, <laughs> as as uh, I I I got something cooked for this. Um, so as as Katara starts applying some water to heal him, Smiller um, Bee's like, "Hey, go grab, go go over to." Uh, follow follow uh, Long Feng. Uh, go after him and find Appa. And they're just like, we, 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 we're going to stay here for some reason. Uh, and then Long Shot basically just tells him straight up like, go, he's our leader. Like, all right, fair enough. Like I said, man, a few words. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Jet's being like, don't worry, Tara, I'm going to be fine. He's lying. Yeah, pulling a Han Solo. I'll be okay. Like, don't worry about me. And then she said, I know. <laughs> yeah, you like that he's lying bit? I I was yeah. like, I don't know if I needed that. Uh yeah, but that's the way to get around the fact that he's done he's dead. Well, is he dead? I mean I guess we'll find out as we uh I don't know. I don't know if that's a spoiler or uh 'cause they seem to leave it pretty open ended here. Fair enough. And also I also feel bad for Smellerby and Mont Long shot. The way the scene plays out, it's almost like the place is flooding. Like, yeah. hmm. like they're just they're gonna all like drown down there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and I do like uh, once they finally escape, um, that the there's another ambush waiting for them, and I love the bit where they're all like the the ambush with the long fang in the middle, and all those little dilly troopers. I like when they're just standing and then a big platform raised out of the ground and some guys are just like hanging off it i thought that was really cool yeah bit of the use of the earth bending yeah totally just like you know surrounding them and they're either gonna like just hold them hostage or something yeah or something yeah who knows at this point with this yeah i, I don't yeah i don't know at this point but it's like <laughs> hey, hey momo's back because he didn't oh. want to go inside the tunnel which yeah. makes sense we saw him fly away uh, and whatnot. And he goes, he literally becomes Icarus. Wow, that was pointing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, didn't make that intentionally. <laughs> You're supposed to lie. You're supposed to be like, oh, I had it all planned out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. But Top would totally know that I was doing flying bison rampage. Yeah. Yeah, and he lays it in thick. He's beating the heck out of these guys. He's, He's uh, taking names. He's like, I've seen some tough days and I'm taking it on you. <laughs> he's like that's it i i have had it and then long Feng's just like you're just some big stupid animal i can handle you myself for four weeks straight i have been abused by so many people i'm gonna now project all of them onto you i'll rip your freaking foot off oh my goodness oh my goodness this is getting aggressive and then freaking you uses uh long Feng as a smooth, flat rock and skips him into the Lake Laogai and takes off his foot. I mean, shoe. <laughs> yeah, and then we get a little bit of a cuddle fest with all of Team A reunited at last. 
and we don't get too much there. I I could kind of wish that we had more of a more of a scene there for their like reunion, but I guess we'll pick up on that in the next episode. Maybe unfortunately we 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 can't because there's conflicting uh, emotions because Katara is looking at the water and remembering Jet. Oh boy, and you know how you know sad she is about that, and it's like is that overwhelming her joy for seeing Appa again? Who knows? Actually, you know what? Maybe they don't care. Remember in the desert, all he is is their uh, conveyance. So they're both like, oh, we got a ride back. Yeah, <laughs> we got a ride back. Where's his saddle? Where's my things? Where's my <laughs> club? Ah, this big dumb guy should have looked out for our stuff better. Fly us back to where, wherever it was left. Hey, who took my umbrella? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, by the way, weird one, but like 2318, red sun. Yeah. A lot of pollution there. It's actually weird. It's red sun and then like yellow sun when uh, Iroh and Zuko get up from the drain for the manhole. Sorry. Oh, but to finally bring this episode to a close, we get another beautiful scene with with Zuko and Iroh, the two stars of this episode. After the, everyone else has left, they crawl back up from from the base and Iroh's complimenting him. You, you did the right thing, nephew. And I really like the moment when... Uh, Zuko decides to leave that blue spirit mask behind. I think that was a really poignant moment for him. It's a very important moment, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and, and very well done animation wise, and yeah, just all all around, I think. Very much so. And uh remember the commentators were discussing how they were gonna do a scene potentially with Zuko freeing Appa, but then they're like, Yeah, but then it would like undo this scene at the end, so they instead just went with yeah. this scene which I think is perfect. They made the right choice. Yeah, smarter way to go. That choice paid off. And yeah, no, just the the weight literally just sinks to the bottom of the ocean or the bottom of the lake, sorry, <laughs> uh, of the Blue Spirit masks. So that was a lot of fun with, with that. But um, I sort of can hear, uh, I don't know, I feel, feel like as uh, Long Fang was being skipped along the uh, surface of the water there, he was... <laughs> He was randomly screaming out something along the lines of, there are no answers out there for you, Wolverine. <laughs> uh, no, that that was the, uh, that was Stryker. It just turns out it's the same lake. Oh, wow. So like <laughs> apparently Alkali Lake and uh, Lake Laogai are right next to each other. What, who would have known? What the heck? Yeah, it's, it's a funny world. It's a funny world. So uh, in, this, I, I, spoiled myself a little i didn't actually spoil myself but there's some trivia on the wiki there of this episode that <laughs> that muse that this plot is similar to x2 oh that's funny yeah i, I guess i can see some of it because yeah. you have the you know you have the x-men then you have the brotherhood of mutants uh in this case it's like jet jaguars and the boomerang squad coming together to go like rescue at least somebody of theirs uh in this case appa instead of the mutants and somebody's dealt with the, somebody's past is uh, is touched upon. And that'd be yeah, Jet mind control. Yes, no, especially with like Lady Deathstrike and Cyclops, and um, no, not Nightcrawler. That was at the beginning. Um, I think that's it. Was there anybody else brainwashed in that? Oh, it's been too long, but yeah. But let's let's move on to the uh, the end of this this episode. This is. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I just wanted to bring that up because I think I thought it was kind of funny when I thought about it. I'm like, oh wait a minute, that's right. Well what, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh so kinda it's it is story related because you know they get 
um, Appa back. They um, and and Zuko is confronted by Uncle Iroh on his 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 sole character in a way. He deconstructs Zuko, uh, and it's yeah, it's great. Problem is they had to fudge a lot of stuff to get uh, at least the Aang stuff, uh, Aang to Appa stuff work. Again, I'm I'm expressing my thoughts outward, of course, as you asked. Um, but when I'm watching it, I'm like, like casually, I'm like, whatever. Like I can accept this. Um, but I will admit, admit that there isn't there is some cracks in the mirror here or the glass. So it's not. You could still see through the mirror or the glass windshield, but there the cracks are still there nonetheless. Yeah, and I'll say for me, those cracks looked bigger in comparison to the stuff that really was just fantastic in the episode, which is all the Iron Zuko stuff. I thought that was so well done. And it seemed like a DR movie even thought that that stuff was the great stuff because it seemed like they were putting most of their like animation skills to get all that stuff just right. But then a lot of the other stuff, it was it seemed like they were either rushed for time and were just being a little bit more sloppy or... I, I don't want to say too much because I don't know what the constraints were for them at the time. Of course. But there was definitely a lot more questionable animation with the the jet and that side of the plot and the writing seemed more questionable. And so I think that's that's an issue for this episode. Um, some really great moments, some weaker moments. And it ultimately evens out to be a, a solid enough episode, but it could have been a really great episode, I think. if Some of that stuff was just a little bit more polished, but but still a good one. Would you agree that it is uh, story related? Yeah, yeah, no, this is definitely uh, yeah, not a filler one. This is one of the, the mainline story ones you couldn't skip. But not one of the strongest of that that bunch, I'd say. And it looks even weaker in comparison because we're doing this the same night as Opus Lost Days. And that was such a great episode with a very strong focus. This one feels a little bit more all over the place. So, so, so pairing these two up as well made this one suffer a little for me. But either way, th- thank you very much once again, Isaac, for yeah, watching this with me. I'm always so happy to do these Avatar episodes. Oh, but do you have any last words for, for us as we as we venture out into the world? How do you know when somebody's brainwashed? How do you break that brainwashing? That's the question. Well, if you're Zuko, who's been brainwashed by his father, you simply ask if what his father brainwashed him into believing is true or not. Till next time. Peace. the combined forces of jets <laughs> you sly dog uh, forces of the jet jaguars and the boomerang squad that's freaking awesome trademark that
Yeah, I will admit I was I was I was racking my brain like, what can I do for a jet Jaguar or a jet team? And then it just came to me. I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you magnificent son of a gun. You read this book. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. OK, anyways. Um, 